Hey friends, welcome to Safe Space, our little corner where we find comfort in the uncomfy stuff. Before we get into this episode, I want to add a trigger warning to this episode. I will be writing it as well in the description, but for anyone who didn't read the description, this episode contains talk about depression, self-harm, suicide attempt, things like that. I am obviously going in the positive direction in this podcast of helping you overcome things, but if hearing about those sort of topics... uh. Is triggering for you then obviously you do not need to listen you can close out right now you also have the option to skip through my story which is kind of the triggering stuff and then listening to my advice towards the end of the podcast whatever serves you best uh i'm here for you guys just this is my warning about things that are not always easy to hear about and if that's gonna affect you please feel free not to listen Hey guys, happy Sunday. This is the third time I'm doing this because I sound very stuffy today and that's not unusual for me, so we're just gonna roll with it. But anyways, every Sunday or whatever day I record, I would like to do a little catch up before I get into our topic, so I'm not just like, hey, this topic, whatever, but to catch up with me, I just made pizza dough. I'm making homemade pizza today. My brother-in-law's coming over. We're all hanging out. I am recently very into baking uh, in terms of bread. I made my first loaf of bread a couple weeks ago, and I've been, like, changed forever since. Because bread is just one of those things where it's, like, we buy it, obviously, but it's so easy to make. It's so easy to make, especially if you're not making sourdough. It's literally yeast, water, and like flour, which is three ingredients, and it can seem intimidating at first, and you do have to be patient. It has to rise or whatever, but it's so much better than store-bought shit, and I don't know. The way the world's going, you never know. You're going to have to make your own shit soon, so I'm just jumping on that bandwagon also, but about a week ago, I started a sourdough starter, which... If you don't know anything about sourdough, it's basically like you make your own yeast instead of using a packet of yeast, and that's what makes sourdough sour. So it's actually just flour and water, but it's like fermented, so you feed it every day, which is just you throw half of it away and add more flour and water, and it continues to grow your yeast. You're like feeding your own yeast, and you're growing it, and it's just a pretty cool process, and it's really teaching me to be patient, which... I struggle with deeply so I'm trying to learn from that also it's really cool because before we had these packets of yeast that we buy at the grocery store there were no packets of yeast and you had to make your own yeast which is basically what I'm doing and families would have yeast that's like passed down for generations which is really cool to me like you I don't know your grandma hands you down yeast and that's how you make food for your family and that's just really cool I am obviously a mom now and there's something about feeding your family that's just so rewarding and like I don't know also learning the process of being patient for things to happen is something I'm really trying to embrace because I've never been good at that So yeah, patience, baking, all the things have been happening. And for today's episode, 
we're getting into depression which is a topic I I think it was like one of the first things I knew I wanted to talk about on my podcast it's obviously something I suffer from uh most of my friends know that to what extent I think varies based on who you are but today I'm gonna get deeper into my story with it types of depression how to minimize the effects of it how to be preventative with it how to live with it and ways that I've helped it not rule my life anymore so to get right into it types of depression uh the two basic types of depression I would say are situational and clinical um clinical would be when you have a actual I don't want to say actual that's a bad word to say because it's not that situation depression situational depression is not actual depression clinical depression is going to be when a professional doctor can do a cat scan or whatever of your head and physically see it in your brain there's a chemical imbalance in your brain is the basic understanding of it this is the kind of depression I have seasonal or situational depression we all know what seasonal depression is and I'm, I think 100% of people suffer from that if you live somewhere with seasons because like there's this meme I saw that I love that says you are basically a house plant with more complicated emotions you need sunlight and water and when you don't have sunlight for a while you're going to be sad that's just the way the cookie crumbles but situational depression is a sort of depression that can be fixed based on your situation like your environment your relationship your job something like that where it's not what it may not be 100% in your control but it's definitely like curable I would say I wouldn't say that clinical depression is curable I would say you can band-aid it with things or you can become learn your depression and learn your personal you know triggers your personal signs and your personal uh antidotes for it things that help you when you are suffering things that help you not get rid of it but get through that really dark time there's also high functioning depression which I really want to touch on even if it's just for a moment because I think in our society a lot of people can suffer from this type of depression due to the fact that we're such a high functioning society to begin with and a lot of people either don't even realize they're depressed because they're just in go 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 mode they're working their parents their husbands their whatever even if you're none of those things like you're busy with life and that can make you believe you're not suffering when you could be you're just high functioning and that was definitely a phase for me of my depression where when I wasn't like down and in my bed all day I was functioning so well I was getting good grades in college I was you know I was shadowing doctors I had a scribe job I was doing all the stuff yet I was so depressed it's just it's not always the typical being cooped up and being sad and laying in bed and you know being antisocial those are not 
uh, the only signs of depression. So people who are not always like that may be overlooked and their pain may be minimized due to the fact that it's not so obvious that they're suffering. And I think that can be one of the worst cases when it's not obvious because you're suffering and it's not even evident to anyone around you. So unconsciously, I think you get not forgotten, but it's not, you know, it's not noticeable. So out of sight, out of mind for other people kind of thing. And for me, we're going to go through what my story is first because I feel like that's the first that'll help me explain how I dealt with it, my advice, all that stems from my experience, obviously. So I think I would say my depression started when I was about 12 years old, which sounds so young and now that I'm 27 which is gross by the way but I'm 27 it seems like so long ago and like it could be a different lifetime that I suffered from that if that makes sense just because I've grown so much but that's definitely when it became something very regular in my life that emotion which I also feel like for women when you're going through puberty maybe when your depression starts to show if you have clinical depression which is what happened to me when my hormones were being I don't know what happens when your hormones are just emerging uh is a lot of the times when women start to show their signs of depression if they do suffer so I was 12 and I think by 14 which is that middle school I know I was for sure in middle school I think by like eighth grade I had started self-harming so for me I cut my wrists this well I need to add a trigger warning in the beginning of this which I'm going to do but I started cutting at 14 that was my I don't know release at this specific age, I can't really say what it did for me, but back then it was definitely, I don't know, it was my way of feeling physical pain so I could escape my emotional pain. And I think another thing that really helped me suffer or helped my suffering grow, I should say, was not knowing where all my sadness was stemming from so I think a big thing with depression is guilt and I think a lot of the guilt can come from not really understanding where all your emotions are coming from you can be so depressed and not know why which if you have clinical depression and it's not situational most of the time you will feel that way you'll feel like and other people can make you feel this way I definitely had family members and such make me feel like you have a roof over your head, you go to a great school, you have friends, why are you sad? And I think our generation and like the current state we're in online and stuff, I think a lot of that stigma is being erased and we're very aware of our emotions and it's almost going to the opposite way where it's like toxic positivity, which I'm definitely going to do an episode on one day, but when we were younger it was more like why are you sad you like the bare minimum like you're fed you have a house and I really try to when I feel blessed I try to say you own a home you have food on the table because I want to feel more blessed but when you're feeling down that's not always the the route to go in your brain but that's kind of where I always went 
and I was so young so a big thing is when you're young everything feels like the end of the world and your emotions don't make sense so whether they're happy or sad emotions they just don't make sense and they can be very extreme which my emotions were very extreme I later was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and I can definitely look back and see how I was either way high up or really low and it was like I don't know it was like just two extremes and it was a lot to handle as a young person with like a not even a fully developed brain basically so for me it was cutting and that didn't solve anything it didn't I can't even say now that it helped it was just a distraction when I would feel so much emotional pain and I was at that age where I didn't know how to deal with it I had no way of coping that was my coping mechanism and it was painful physically but that really helped me like as soon as I felt that physical pain all of my emotional pain would go away for some reason and not forever obviously not even for a while but it was worth like that moment of you know solely physical pain so that was my life for a while I that transpired in high school and like I said I have clinical depression so it wasn't like I never had no friends or whatever I wasn't the coolest kid in school I was definitely aside from the cutting like to make light of this I was a fucking emo kid and that wasn't the coolest thing when you're in high school so enter high school I have my big ass bows in my hair and my side bangs and I'm fucking really embracing the vibe but no seriously it was rough because I was definitely not the coolest uh stereotype you could be but aside from that I had a like a great group of friends it wasn't a lot of friends but they were great I still talk to most of them to this day um I got good grades all throughout high school. I So this was really functioning depression at this point. I was still cutting for a while, but when I was 16 to 17, I would say, things really progressed and really escalated. And I think it was junior year. I spoke to one of my friends while... I think it was like while I was cutting and I was just deep in the trenches of my depression and at that age it had gotten worse also because of my situation like being a young girl is not easy when you don't feel hot and you don't feel whatever like dumb things that I know now have no importance in life but at that age it felt like a lot and I was in like a really toxic relationship as a teenager so those things definitely compiled onto like my already you know kind of messed up brain so I would say at 17 is when things got pretty bad and I had a suicide attempt and I know that's very like it's not fun to talk about but it happened and I want to talk about it because I learned a lot from it and I ended up being Baker acted so I was locked away for four or five days and in a treatment center and that was my first experience like meeting other kids who were actually like me that sounds fucking crazy but in a treatment center I met people who were like me and understood why I was there and how I felt and even though it was like the saddest situation ever being taken away from your home and put somewhere because you're a harm to yourself it also makes you feel seen in a way because for the first time in my life I had 
I wasn't just surrounded by people who weren't suffering like me. I was surrounded by people who understood without me even saying anything. So I was Baker acted. And once that happened, and obviously I did not succeed in my suicide attempt, I saw life so differently. And that was kind of like the beginning of like a little seed of hope for me was not the absence of my depression, but understanding that though life is going to bring me down and I'm going to suffer because of the chemical imbalance of my brain, I also have things to be happy about and I also have reasons to live. And yeah, that was just like a little beginning of that. And I think for me, aside from the chemical part of my depression, I had a little bit of situational depression. I went to a Catholic high school that I did not enjoy my experience at um a lot of people were mean to me and my home life was not the most stable like I mentioned previously in other episodes and I'm never gonna go deep into this part really because it's not really my entire story to tell but my mom has um an addiction to pills and opioids and that really got really bad in high school and that definitely affected me I was too young to understand it wasn't my fault and I was too young to understand that it wasn't her fault so I was either hating her for it or I was hating myself and my mom could not be there for me the way I deserved for a parent to be there for me because of her own pain and that's not her fault but that's just the way the cookie crumbled so that definitely added to things and that's why I think after being Baker acted, I had one more year of high school. I had senior year. I went back after a lot of, you know, that was definitely a huge, I'm like not really going that much into that, but it was a huge disruption in my life. And after senior year, I finally got to leave uh, home and I swear just being at college helped me a lot. And that's when I realized, okay, my environment is a huge plus or negative to my mental state which again a lot of these things I'm going to talk about are obvious at our age now and at least to me it is but if you're younger and you're listening to this and if you're not even younger but you're just at that moment in growth just know that the first thing is your environment and your environment is the people you're around your physical environment like do you like your room is your room dark all the time like little things like that can definitely affect your already depressed state of mind if you're in that place so I would say in college I definitely like had my own space for the first time away from a toxic home life and that helped me a lot now this is when my depression took a turn for drugs and alcohol I would say and that was what I used to cope um I forgot to mention this, but in high school, I was on medication once I was diagnosed at 16. So I was on Cytolopram, like all this stuff. Anyways, none of that stuff worked for me. I've said it before. I do believe that medication is a band-aid. That is not discrediting medication. I think you can need it and you can be in a phase in your life where it's really beneficial for you. So I'm not going to ever say like, I don't believe in medication. I believe in it as long as you're not using it to the point of being it not helping you. And it just, you know, like being too much of a crutch, I would say. I think medication can be great in addition to doing things yourself to get beyond 
your depression and to learn your triggers, learn your signs, all that stuff. But anyways, in college, I'm still on medication and I was not cool in high school. So I'm 18 now and I'm in college and I'm drinking for the first time, smoking for the first time on medication. So at the time, of course, that all felt so good, like drinking, smoking weed, whatever. But what you don't understand when you're young and on that medication, even though you're told obviously not to do this, when you drink on antidepressants, it only like furthers your depression. It it definitely cancels out the medication working. And of course, me at the ripe age of 18, I'm like, let me just stop taking my medication, but continue to drink and smoke. And um, I obviously... Everyone knows that I turned into a big pothead. I'm not against pot. I'm not against weed helping some people for their depression. I just think you got to have the discernment to look at it and say, is this helping me or is this hurting me at this point? I think it can, it's, it's a tool that can be used to help or hurt you, period. So at this point it wasn't helping me because I was using it to I was using it to numb myself along with alcohol. I, I now like really don't even like alcohol, but in the beginning of college and having that freedom and just choice of doing whatever I wanted, I was drinking and going out a lot and that was really bad for my depression because I had such highs and lows already and I was just amplifying them. So I would, you know, do what everybody does, go out all weekend and then all week I would basically shut down. I would go to class, get good grades, but I was just surviving. And then the next weekend I would go out again and do all that shit. So like it was just very up and down and I was just like making it even worse than my already not stable brain. And the real turning point for me, there were a lot of little things like obviously yoga, meditation, things like that. But a really huge turning point for me, I'm not even going to lie, obviously on this podcast, is for me it was psychedelics. And I think I touched on that on my last episode towards the end of it, but or not the last one, the one before it, the one where I just rant. But anyways, psychedelics, specifically mushrooms. First I did LSD, but then mushrooms. Those like experiences, which... I shouldn't have to disclaim this, but obviously just like medication, just like weed, those things need to be used responsibly and with the right intentions, definitely in the right environment and definitely with the right people. But if you do so properly, they can really help you heal. So for me, for some reason, I don't know if this changed the chemical makeup of my brain because I haven't seen a doctor about my depression since this, but like one of the times I tripped was with my best friend Caroline we went camping in like North Florida on a tree farm and we took some shroomies and we laid in like this sounds like a movie but it really felt like it too but we laid in like a field and just we were laughing for like an hour straight first of all which is so crazy because I remember my body like physically hurting from laughing but I just had all these realizations as I'm literally just staring at the sky and This was great because I know a lot of psychedelics these days are being taken at festivals and all, you know, in party environments, which I've also done, I won't lie, but those, like, healing environments and 
going into it with the intention of healing I think really helps too but I had all these realizations that like society is a made-up concept like all these things we're told we need to do like find a job attain this attain that do this and do that does not matter you just have to exist I also like realize nature has its own cycles and takes its own time and nature's never in a rush like we are like all the shit I realized definitely even though they weren't even about depression it wasn't like I had some clear sign that like don't be sad it was just like realizing more important things and being able to focus on those things and after that trip specifically I just remember like viewing life so differently and I really believe that what you focus on grows so I started shifting my focus onto other things I was like drinking less I was definitely still doing drugs like pretty often but that definitely was like a light switch moment for me I always describe it as like the veil being lifted where I just saw life through like a whole new lens after that not specifically even one trip just a lot of experiences I had um a lot of them were with my my best friend Caroline and if you know me at all you know that we were like inseparable in college and she lives in Colorado now but when we were I mean, she lived in Orlando and I lived in Miami, so we weren't, like, next-door neighbors anymore after high school, but we met in high school and in college, we just did a lot of, like, random fun shit, and we went skydiving and we tripped a lot, and we would just sit at the beach and, like, talk, and she definitely helped me grow out of that, like, stagnant, like, state of mind, and I think the people in your life can really help you and at that age she was like a light for me and she's just such a positive person and we definitely balance each other out I'm very like realistic and she's just very like overly positive and not that's not even like a bad thing overly isn't the right word but to me she's so positive that I could never have been like that and that being around her having a self-discovery like vibe to my life and really prioritizing that over anything else because prior to this I was in college and I was prioritizing either partying with random people or like school which prioritize school if you have goals yes but don't prioritize school or work so much that you neglect yourself because then there's of course you're going to be depressed you know what I mean like you're we're so backwards in our society and that it's all about productivity and making money and attaining things and then after that is self-care and self-care is like this term that's like newly introduced to us because we're so overworked we're so I talk about this in every podcast because I'm very passionate about it but like our society has just become a way that self-care is this huge thing when really self-care is two things which a self-care is not always eating chocolate and having a fucking bubble bath it's very hard work and b self-care should not be self-care self-care should be day-to-day life you should not come last after school after like everything you need to put yourself first and that's definitely a huge part of dealing with depression is like prioritizing your depression prioritizing that like like you study for a class you study your depression and you study the signs of you getting really depressed and you study what helps you feel less depressed because ultimately if your depression is not situational if, it, if you have a chemical imbalance if it's clinical you and I'm just being very real you have to live with this for the rest of your life so instead of being depressed about that as well and compounding on that you have to just learn your depression 
so psychedelics definitely helped me and now we're going to transition into like what I did to help get better so aside from you know learning from those experiences I obviously I'm a yoga teacher now I started my yoga and meditation journey and instantly saw benefits so I'm not sure if I've spoken about this before but the first time I did yoga I pretty much fell apart on my mat and if you have never had that experience maybe you haven't taken the right class or maybe you're not open enough to yourself yet but I had done psychedelics already I was already an open person and then I get on my mat and I take yoga and the physical part of yoga is one thing which is a whole thing I could talk about opening your body opening your hips opening your heart like physical movements unleash a lot of restored and like yeah stored emotions in your body and once you release those you can also release those emotions so that helped me a lot my first class I remember crying because we were doing hip openers and if you've never cried in pigeon pose like you just haven't done it right really is my thing because I cried and felt just all the stuff that I'd repressed for a very long time and it brought me back to yoga over and over again because I found myself getting on my mat feeling one way and getting up feeling another way and even though I had to cry and suffer sometimes through a lot of discomfort it always left me feeling better than I walked in which is all you really need to keep coming back but definitely leading into discomfort was like a big thing for me getting rid of my depression like not getting rid of it it's still there but getting rid of like its whole power over my entire life and if you've taken my yoga class or if you know me uh leading into discomfort is like a huge term that I use literally every day of my life I use it when I teach yoga leading into physical discomfort leading into emotional discomfort spiritual discomfort all of it sometimes you have to lean more into things to come out of them and that's kind of another thing about depression is if you have depression you've probably gone through a phase where you avoid thinking about it so much that you don't realize you're in it for even longer because you're avoiding it so sometimes the first thing I'm going to say is sometimes when you're feeling very depressed sometimes you got to let yourself feel it and then get up and deal with it so sometimes you do need to lean in allow yourself to feel your emotions do whatever you need to do like lay in your bed and do nothing for a few days but then you get the fuck up and you deal with it so it's kind of just like knowing your own limits and knowing when to do what because that is the balance of dealing with it um minimizing your depression could also have to do with not only the first thing I wanted to mention which is movement which for me was yoga it does not have to be yoga for you it can be running it can be I don't fucking know whatever people do rock climbing I hear does that like a lot of things so that um for me also a lot of meditation which is stillness so just as much as you need movement you also need stillness which could also be like what I said, allowing yourself to like chill for a while and then deal with things when you have charged up a little and have the energy. Another big thing that I think is like my most recent discovery is your diet and 
I'm not into diet culture. We all know how I feel about diets, but what you eat and whether you eat definitely affects a lot. So I learned recently, which is like a huge thing I'm learning about currently still can't speak on yet, but your gut is like your second brain, they say. And um, I have a friend, Laura, who I want to like link in the description because she talks so much about this and she actually has so much knowledge that I can't speak on. But all I know is your gut is your second brain and what you eat, how much you eat definitely affects you. Now, that doesn't mean you need to be perfect because if you're obviously suffering from depression, like forcing yourself to be perfect is not going to benefit you at all. That's actually only going to set you back. So it's not about like forcing perfection, but really just knowing what you're eating, knowing the sources, trying to eat seasonally and definitely just eating in general like when I look back at when I was the most depressed it was definitely when I wasn't eating at all and uh everyone's different your depression could cause you to overeat and your depression could cause you to not eat but whatever it is like you gotta find the balance in that because that definitely affects your mood um I'm sure everyone's like this but when you don't eat you can feel so tired and exhausted and then when you eat you have energy and that's obviously for a reason that's your body communicating with you listening to your body is a big part of feeling good so finding movement nourishing yourself and also finding stillness sometimes are things that definitely helped me and I think the beginning of finding all those things and like kind of editing your life into what's going to help you is definitely knowing your personal signs so you know yourself if you're listening to this and you suffer from depression it's obviously not something that started yesterday so for me I actually physically wrote this stuff down but you find your patterns of ways you feel and things you do and things that you start to fall into when things are getting bad and you write that down or you just take a mental note of that like that definitely is a pattern so you recognize that pattern and then you have to make the conscious effort to whenever things are arising that you know are part of that pattern kind of like nip it in the bud because when you do that then it can't always sometimes it will but it can't always grow into something that you fall deeper into. So when you are aware of the physical ways that start to show, like, you know, a lot of people lose weight or gain weight or they stop sleeping or they sleep even more. Things like that can be your signs to, I don't know, self-care. I hate that expression, but maybe self-care, maybe just slow down uh take a look at how often you're prioritizing yourself and time alone where you're not obligated to anyone to anyone or to anything and you're just existing so that you can rest and get back into like a different state of mind because when you think about it if you are in a bad state of mind and you just you kind of know that, I guess. I don't know. If you haven't learned your uh, showing signs, then you wouldn't know. But if you're already there and you don't take note of it and you don't 
know that that's a sign for you. You're just going to fall deeper into it because it's happening and you're just allowing it to, not even allowing, even if you're not allowing it to happen. If you don't know those signs and you don't know the ways to prevent things, then it just gets worse, I think. So still allowing your negative emotions to occur, to move through you, to teach you whatever, but also like knowing the things you can do to prevent things and to get up and not fix but work on so that ramble I don't know if any of that part made sense but that really helped me and something that I think also helped me was like the healthy acceptance of how you are and who you are and not trying to like go either the way of being a victim or go the way of like toxic positivity like I said so being aware of your emotions and being aware that they're there and it's healthy to feel up and down like depression's not healthy but definitely having all the emotions on the spectrum of feelings is important so it's not just happiness that's important like toxic positivity it's not always constantly needing to be in a good mood and constantly needing to be super productive happy ready to get after things and inspired and being inspired is also not something that needs to be a constant and it naturally isn't I don't think so getting from away from that and getting away from also like the victim mentality of like just you know too much self-pity and too much sitting there and wallowing in it which I used to do a lot it used to be easier for me to just like lay in bed and feel bad for myself and listen to extra sad music and all that stuff but the healthy acceptance of like okay this is how I'm feeling this is normal how can I get past this how can I take the steps to feel a little bit better because it's not always that you're gonna get yourself 100% out of that emotion but it's definitely about what can I do to get myself closer to how I want to feel even if it's a little bit of a difference it's worth it trying to figure out what else I wanted to say because there was a lot but I think before I go into like the questions that you guys asked me on Instagram I just want to make sure I touch on like everything I wanted to um shadow work is something that I think helps a lot and I could do a whole episode on that like many things but you can look up shadow work of as well but it's kind of like what I talked about on inner child trauma where you work on the dark side of yourself and like not pushing that away and repressing it but being aware of it and learning it just like you learn your depression like not to become friends with it but to know it better so that you can battle it better I think shadow work is a big thing that helped me was instead of avoiding this dark side of myself that had always been there and I'm that I'd always tried to repress but like kind of embracing it for a moment to learn about it and just know that all humans have dark sides and light sides and that's what makes you like a whole so it's not about not having that dark side it's just about knowing it so that when it emerges and tries to take over you can fight it properly that's what I'll say about that so for the second part of this I want to do a little bit of answering some of the questions I got sent um I can't do all of them because I'm already I think 40 minutes into this but and listen I wanted to point out that I could be 40 minutes into this and 
in a month I would still have more to say so just like I believe this is not something you're ever cured of it's something you learn to live with and learn to fight it's also something that you're constantly learning about so I have learned ways to deal with it but I've also still need time to learn the rest of the ways to deal with it because in the future like it may look different and part of that which I thought I wanted to talk about this a lot but I'm only going to talk about it a little is my postpartum depression just because after I had my daughter I was warned about postpartum depression and actually if you go to any form of doctor during your pregnancy if you have like in your medical history if you have obviously a suicide attempt stuff like that they're gonna continuously ask you how you're feeling even more than normal which they did for me and then I had my my midwife talk to me about a uh, postpartum depression which I couldn't have known what it was gonna feel like at the moment because it's just something you don't you can't fathom until it's happening but after giving birth like after the initial like wave of you know oh my gosh I have my baby after that sort of passes not that it passes you're still excited but all of your I mentioned this a couple podcasts ago but all of the the pregnant woman goes through the biggest change in hormones that a person ever goes through so after you give birth you have all these hormones in you when you have a baby in your body that are become your hormones even though it's like the baby also fluctuating them and once you have that baby you just have a huge drop in hormones because your body's not not trying to supply that for a baby so once we got home I would say from the birthing center and like had to actually be parents by ourselves I definitely was on the struggle bus I was learning how to breastfeed I was bleeding profusely from my body I was like in diapers every day I was and then on top of that I was just feeling all these emotions that really brought me back to the beginning of my depression where like I felt uncontrollable where I felt like I don't know I was just a mess I was crying all the time I was either crying or like super vacant super just like a zombie basically which is how I used to feel on medication so that was really scary for me because I just had my daughter and I'm looking at her like oh my goodness you're like the best thing that's ever happened to me and I am super happy but at the same time I'm super depressed and it just made no sense it was like the most chaotic time of my life and uh Josh was only with me for a couple weeks after she was born before he had to go back to work so once we were alone it was really hard for me because I'm taking care of this baby and you really don't have a lot of time to take care of yourself in the beginning of motherhood so that doesn't help the depression and that doesn't help like your odds of not suffering from it but that was really hard for me because she needed me constantly and I was taking care of this new life and I like kind of put myself on the back burner and also just stopped noticing my own signs of depression just like I spoke about like for me personal things is like when I don't shower a lot when I don't eat a lot so I stop eating I stop sleeping I stop showering those are my signs and I had all of those at the beginning of Junie's life and I don't know I just didn't have like the awareness to to notice them for the first time in the past I'd always been aware at least like I was very self-aware regardless of how depressed I was but then after having her it was more like 
the, my self-awareness was just gone it was like I couldn't tell what was happening to me I was just in it so that was really scary for me it felt like a hundred steps back after all the spiritual and like emotional work I had done for years and years so yeah postpartum depression is a doozy and I think no one talks about it everybody is just like oh once you're not pregnant anymore you'll feel like yourself again once you have your baby like your whole life is gonna change which is true but at the same time it's something to be very aware of that you don't instantly feel like yourself again and you're in this whole new role of being a mother and you're so busy with that that you kind of lose yourself completely and it's very easy to like not get out of that because it's a forever thing so it's not about changing taking care of your baby or whatever but more about adjusting making time to take care of yourself i'm gonna answer a few questions so one of my friends asked supporting partners with depression supporting your partner if they're depressed can be very hard because ultimately you can't force anyone to do anything and you can't force someone's emotions to change and they can't either so you kind of have to be patient above all else i believe like not making them feel bad for things that might be signs of their depression like if they're not eating if they're not sleeping whatever those things you don't amplify that by like pointing it out but maybe doing little things like making them a meal or you know helping them change their clothes like little things like that sound crazy but they can make a huge difference um just like i say learning your own signs of depression i think learning your partner's signs of depression and then trying to subtly help without being like you're depressed and we need to help you because sometimes addressing it that way kind of will just make someone feel worse but getting to know their signs and getting to know what helps them above all else like learning what helps is a really good thing to take note of so that you can continuously use that to help them whenever they are down again because it will happen again if they suffer from this it's not going to go away it's part of who your partner is so I think just learning to help them uh deal and live with it is the best way to go because it's going to be part of your life forever if it's part of your partner's life and the more you both know what fights against it is the less deep down they can get into it every time maybe there's like a I don't know they get down they can get less deep into that depression if you guys already know oh shit these are signs and this is what helped last time this could help whatever it can be something dumb like going for a walk every day or making sure they get some sunshine making sure they're eating a little uh taking them to like their favorite place to eat listening to their favorite music little things that already like you should do as a loving partner probably help and another thing is aside from being supportive just not feeling like it's your uh responsibility to fix things all the time and maybe sometimes it depends on who your partner is but sometimes people want you to like take a step back as their partner and allow them to deal with it and sometimes space is a thing and giving space can be hard when your partner is suffering because you don't want them to feel unsupported but some people do need that space and that can be what they need to feel better so I think having a talk about it and 
everybody's different so having a talk with your partner and being like what can I do to help you when you get down and maybe having that talk when they aren't already down so that they're open to talk about it and and in a more clear state of mind as they can be so once you have that talk you gather that information and then when they are down you know what to do to not make it worse but to help so that's my advice for that and I hope that helps because that's kind of a toughie it could always change the next question is do you believe that happiness slash depression can be solved with a holistic or scientific approach so i don't know if you mean scientific like medication um i don't think science can solve really anything it can't make you more happy or more sad um like i keep saying everything depends on the kind of depression you have so if it's clinical definitely not solvable um holistically though i believe you can i wouldn't say like the word solve isn't going to be in this because i don't think it's solvable period by medication and science or holistically but i do believe that you can find um like things to help you holistically just as much as medication can or more traditional forms of help can so just like therapy can or medication can i also believe like maybe medical mushroom like microdosing medical mushrooms maybe going on retreats that help you learn how to find yourself spiritually because i think depression can be like a spiritual battle too and i think if someone's open enough to the spiritual side that your spirituality can really be a tool for you and it doesn't mean you have to be like a yogi and be i don't know into meditating whatever it is for you if you are a really strong christian and getting closer to god gets you away from your depression then definitely embrace that but if you're lost and you don't really know what you want and you're not into religion or god or whatever that's fine as well just find yourself seek within and i think that can give you a lot of the answers as well because as you get to know yourself you definitely will know what you know at your core will help you the most but i definitely think um on that road to not solving but learning your depression and learning what's going to help it you have to be realistic and if someone needs to be medicated with like traditional pharmaceuticals in order to also be on that journey of getting rid of them like if that makes sense that that's something i fully support like if you need to be on medication while figuring out how to not be on it and how to it's kind of like layers to things so like if you're on the medication that's a protective layer then you can gain these other protective layers that are holistic before you rip apart or rip off the band-aid of the medication so if you add on for me it was like adding on meditation adding on yoga adding on microdosing stuff like that and then i could get rid of the medication the traditional medication and that for me was like my holistic way so whatever it is for you and i'm really surprised i just went like 50 minutes of talking without even mentioning therapy but that's because therapy was never really for me it never really helped me to like seek a lot of answers from another person i know it sounds weird and i support therapy for people who really 
gain from that. Everyone's different for me. Like talking to someone else is not always the most beneficial. I've always been someone who like needs space and shuts down. So that never helped me and I never really found someone I connected with. But if you can find a therapist that connects with you on a deep level, that to me is a holistic way of healing. It's I don't consider it like... a I don't know, a scientific or, like, traditional way. I think that can be very holistic because it's, like, a friendship, but a sacred one where you're safe to speak about anything. So therapy can be a huge help for people, and I think that that should be embraced because for a lot of people, they don't have anyone to talk to, and that's what they seek and they need or they're yearning for, I should say. So if someone's yearning for that and they don't have anyone in their personal life and if they do have people in their personal life but they don't want to put that burden on them then I think therapy would be like a huge plus the last thing I'm going to touch on because this is getting pretty long is the last question I should say is how do you pick yourself up and out of a depressed state so for me it's about like finding the balance between being gentle with myself but also holding myself accountable so I've always been, like I say, super high or super low, which when I'm super low, I can be very like all or nothing kind of thing. Like a lot of people are either one way where, okay, if they're super depressed, they like don't eat and they just have hard trouble, hard time eating. For me, it was always like different phases. Like whenever I was down, I was either overeating or undereating. I was either oversleeping or undersleeping. It was never like one thing for sure. But just knowing either or, knowing that I'm, you know, not in the middle of balance. When I realize I'm too far into one thing or the other, I try to find myself back into that balance. But I also, I'm not hard on myself about it because in the past when I have been really hard on myself about things like that, it definitely didn't help. Like I never got out of that depressed state of mind if I was too hard on myself, so... I think allowing myself to feel all my feels while also working through it was really good for me. Not being upset at myself, I think, is a huge thing. If you're trying to get out of it, you can't be mad at yourself. You can't say, like, I fucked up today, I didn't shower, I fucked up today, I didn't do this. That's not going to help you get up and do things. That's, like, the negative self-talk just breeds more, like, sadness and self-hatred and things that you don't need. So I think just serving yourself by talking to yourself like you're talking to your best friend I I don't know where I heard that uh before or who told me that but that really stuck with me so talking to myself like I'm talking to my best friend always prevented me from talking to myself in a way that would hurt me even more or cause me to just not get better so I would do that talk to myself like I'm talking to somebody else that I care about and I would take a look at my recent habits and if I hadn't been sleeping for whole nights or I have been sleeping for days straight I would say all right today I'm going to do that a little bit less and I would just take it day by day I think trying to attack like weeks months a lifetime of productivity or whatever is obviously overwhelming whether you're in a good state of mind or a bad one but when you're in a bad state of mind I think it's important to take things even if you can't take it day by day, just hour by hour, because a huge, huge thing that I've noticed for me is like, 
if I'm down and I get up and I do one thing, like put my laundry away, suddenly I'm like, oh, I want to take a shower. Oh, I want to clean this. Oh, I want to do that. And that's not saying that those things are important to get done over feeling your emotions. But a lot of the times we are so afraid to start that we just never start and we never do anything. So I think when you're sad, if you get up and do one thing, it can definitely trickle into getting a lot more things done that you didn't realize you could. So I think that's what I would say for that. That's how I get myself out of it. But overall, no one is perfect. Everyone, I believe, to a degree, suffers from some sort of sadness or depression in their life. And that's completely normal. And instead of trying to feel like it's not normal and avoid it, we should just embrace it in a way. And like I think the the biggest message of this podcast is going to be not become friends with your depression get to know yourself to the point where you know your own patterns and everyone in life seeks balance and I think finding that balance comes through knowing your ups and downs and finding the middle and whether you find that middle in a month or in five years you slowly get a rhythm and like it's so hard at first to get into that but trust me when I say as someone who's years now down the road with depression that like as you get into that knowing yourself and picking yourself up that it gets a little bit easier every time and when things in life happen like postpartum or you lose someone or something like that that's gonna take a little bit longer but just knowing your resources knowing what works for you knowing what doesn't work for you and being educated I guess is the best word to use being educated on yourself being educated on your depression is going to be what helps you the most so look within as much as you're searching out I always say look within because a lot of times we're searching outside of us so much that we don't look within and we miss a lot you can miss a lot by just not taking the time to slow down being in your thoughts sitting in your thoughts not in a unhealthy way but in a way to learn from so that's my hot take on this topic and like I said I'm always going to be learning more and I'll always share what I learned in my experiences but that's it for now and yeah I hope this helped you guys and I hope it was a little bit enlightening and I'm definitely gonna answer the rest of the questions I got sent if I didn't answer it in the podcast I'll message you and if you have any other questions obviously as always you can go to at safe space Sam on Instagram and ask me message me whatever I'm here for you and if anyone is listening to this and you're just having a rough time just know that you're gonna get through it uh I hope that by listening to this it offers some useful advice but even if it doesn't seek out that thing that helps you and don't give up it's everything is ups and downs in life and it's the ebbs and flows and you just got to go with it for a little just know it's gonna pass just like everything else does nothing is permanent and i'm always here for you guys i love you guys you can always message me thank you for listening to this episode i really hope you enjoyed it and i hope everyone has a great week